It's Monday, July 13th, 2020. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. This morning, Donald Trump retweeted former Love Connection and Wheel of Fortune game show host Chuck Woolery, who claims that the CDC, our doctors, and the media are all lying about the coronavirus crisis in order to hurt the economy and Trump's re-election campaign. The president retweeting Woolery makes complete sense considering he's been spinning the wheel of misfortune since January. After having a three-year prison sentence commuted on Friday, Roger Stone said in an interview today that he will immediately go to work helping Donald Trump get reelected. If this works out for Trump, the president will be more than happy to pardon Stone for it in his second term. Over the weekend, Trump wore a mask in public for the first time since the start of the coronavirus pandemic for a photo op at Walter Reed Hospital. Hey, he didn't tear gas anyone to get the photo this time, so that's something, right? Big boy suit wearing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is facing criticism after saying on Friday that if you can open Home Depot, uh, Home Depot and Walmart, you can definitely open schools. To be fair, if the school kids could offer the same low prices, value, and convenience that these retailers do, maybe we value their well-being just a little bit more. Tucker Carlson's top writer resigned from his show after it was discovered that he was secretly posting racist, sexist, and homophobic remarks in an online forum. I guess this was like a stand-up comic going to a small club to test material before it goes on air. New York officials have reported zero coronavirus deaths for the first time since March. Now they can go back to the good old days of run-of-the-mill gunshot wounds. Google has banned ads for spying apps that let jealous people monitor their partners. From now on, the only spying ads Google will allow will be their own. It's official. Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Redskins, announced that they will be changing the name of the franchise and the new name will be announced at a future date. Considering that their fight to keep the name was about 30 years tone deaf, the new name should come around 2050. Britain's Channel 4 has ordered a documentary series about the Spice Girls. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Not a Spice Girls documentary. After online viewers and celebrities like 50 Cent mocked Will Smith for not being more upset about his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, revealing her relationship with August Alsina on her show Red Table Talk, a, a video of Will from 2018 surfaced today in which he claimed to have retired from trying to make Jada happy. This should quiet all the critics since Will, like all retirees, really can't complain when the company brings in a new guy to fill his position. Now let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hi everyone and welcome to another week of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Aiello. Um, later on today we're going to be joined by musical comedian Jay Randall Medina. So make sure you stick around for that. And as always, I'm, I'm joined by some of our TMI family from TMI Hollywood. Let's go around and say hello to everybody watching at home or listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to our TMI Daily Podcast. Let's start with you, Elizabeth. Hi, de ho, listenerinos. <laughs> Shana. Hello, listeners on Spotify, Apple, or platform of your choice. Insert here. Jess. What's up, YouTube? You could follow me at the Jess Ellis on Twitter uh, and make sure to go to us and like and subscribe and hit that notification bell. 
Thanks for that. Chris. Yes, what's up? Emma. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Stuart. Hey. And Joe. Hi, everyone, on all the uh, other podcastings and everyone who's listening on Apple. Man, I tell you, I hate it, too, that everyone thinks our Priuses are slow. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. This morning, Donald Trump decided to retweet former game show host turned right-wing conspiracy theorist Chuck Woolery, who wrote, The most outrageous lies are the ones about COVID-19. Everyone is lying. The CDC, media, Democrats, our doctors, not all but most, that we are told to trust. I think it's all about the election and keeping the economy from coming back, which is about the election. I'm sick of it. Now, just so we're clear, this was Chuck Woolery, who hosted Wheel of Fortune and Love Connection, who graduated from a Kentucky high school before going into the Navy and then became a wine consultant for several years. That Chuck Woolery is saying that people shouldn't trust doctors. Does anyone want to argue on behalf of Chuck? Oh, but before you do, I also wanted to say that Chuck was the original host of Wheel of Fortune, but left in 1981 over a salary dispute. Pat Sajak took over in 81 and has been the host since, and reportedly gets paid $15 million a year to host the show. Chuck Woolery does a right-wing podcast and doesn't make $15 million. So who wants to take Chuck's side? Okay, let's start with you, Jess. I, I think I'm going to come as close to you as you can to supporting his side, because I just try to... Uh, see reason where there's reason. Number one, uh, first of all, I want to point out that we're all about to sit here and speculate on COVID. Like we're all fucking, you know, doctors and disease experts, which we're not, and neither is Chuck. So whatever we say is about as valid as Chuck Woolery, you should go ahead and just, uh, start with that. So it's horseshit. Should you trust doctors? Yes. I've been saying this all along on this podcast and even getting uh, chewed up for it, uh, from you guys when, um, you know, Originally, Dr. Fauci said, don't wear masks. So did the attorney general. And in fact, uh, the attorney general was just on CNN the other day, like defending that position. Um, yes, the doctors have been wrong. Should you trust all doctors? Probably not. I mean, should you use logic and reason to figure out what they're saying? Yes. Was there political motives for uh, what Dr. Fauci, the attorney general and other people said? Who knows? Um, but I think that's as close as I'll get to like defending Chuck Woolery. He's just speculating and we have been lied to those are facts i mean the news does misreport the numbers those are facts the uh, hospitals are misreporting numbers those are facts like there's all sorts of bullshit we're getting from all sorts of sides so i can understand his point of view why he's skeptical but can you defend the president retweeting him uh i why the president I'm, not asking, I'm trying, not asking you to. I'm just yeah, like, I, no, I'm trying there. to think about that. Honestly, no, I know, <laughs> I know you're always like in good faith, Elizabeth. Uh, like his, I mean, he does have the First Amendment behind him, but I, sure. I think that's about it. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's irresponsible of the president, and I, I think he, you know, he shouldn't be taking sides. But that, that being said, oh, I think that's where Veronica was going to go with it. Yeah, is, sorry if I cut you off. <laughs> No, it's um, the... yeah. Well, I just wanted to say really quick. Um, just a couple minutes ago, they just um reported that the last time Fauci mentioned not wearing masks was mid March. So I just wanted to just throw that as part of the conversation. Go ahead, Jeff. What were you saying? Yeah, but that's yeah, why the public, public is mistrustful. Um, 
is the conflicting reports and not, not everybody understands that science changes the more data you get. People hope that it's just one thing and it stays that way forever, uh, which it, it seldom is. Uh, I forgot the point I was going to make about, oh, was Donald Trump, was it irresponsible of Donald Trump to retweet Chuck Woolery? Yes, I know everybody's going to uh, be criticizing I, I think that's a later question, actually, and I don't, I don't want to get. Yeah, to I might have jumped ahead. My bad. <laughs> okay, it's okay, Stuart. Well, just something on something Jess said. He said that we should, uh, trust doctors and not people who aren't doctors. We should, you know, let the doctors talk. And then he also immediately referenced the attorney general, who. Is I'm sorry. I meant doctor. I meant the uh, surgeon general. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah. The attorney general is not a doctor. No. Um, that's and You're a jurist doctor. Well, yeah. Okay. Not <laughs> attorney general may not be an yeah. attorney. I mean, Trump did hire him. So. I mean, yeah, he, I, who knows if he's actually? Well, I don't fucking know. Maybe not. Uh, no, I meant the um, surgeon general, which yeah. is you know the top doc. That well, we're right, yeah, to be yeah. Listening to, yeah. Um, well, also the the description of Chuck Woolery as uh, former game show host turned right wing conspiracy theory nut is also the same description as Donald Trump. I mean. Former game host turned right wing conspiracy theory nut. Well, there's, I don't know what wait, what wait, conspiracy theories. Like, I mean, I'm shocked they haven't been more more friendly. So, but how far does the conspiracy theory go? Because the entire world has been affected by the coronavirus. So you're trying to tell me that all of these countries got together and we we're like, hey, wait, guys, hey, so guys we're going to do this just to like mess it's up so the dumb. Republicans uh, economy. <laughs> Hold on, Germany. Hold on, Germany. I got Greece on the line. Yo, Greece, can you hang on for a second? I got, I'm talking to Germany. Yo, yo, Italy, Italy, can you, can you fudge it up? I mean, come on, guys. Is he, is the he whole a, uh... world has experienced coronavirus. It's not a conspiracy theory. I didn't hear that part. All Veronica said was he's a right wing well, no, conspiracy Veronica, therapist. Was he, did he not say that? Is he, uh, is right, he an anti What's your question, Joe? Chuck Woolery, did he not say that this is like some sort of conspiracy theory that to, to ruin the economy? Um, yes. That in the quote. Yeah. That was, let me go back and read it. Give me one second. I will. Because sure, I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. Well, as with all okay, conspiracy yeah, theories, okay, it goes yes. all the way to the top. Yes, one Joe, you heard time. correctly. The I mean, most outrageous lies are the ones about did. COVID-19. Everyone is lying. The CDC, media, Democrats, our doctors... And then not all, but most that we are told to trust. I think it's all about the election and keeping the economy from coming back, which is about the election. I'm right. But so we so we took the whole we called the whole world and said, listen, we want to we want to adjust the, the election. We want you all to join in on this. All oh, right. To add, shit. To, add to advocate oh, shit. for Chuck a little bit. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say uh, that. I fully believe that both parties are trying to take advantage of the calamity that's befalling us to their best, like for their, for their own interests. Of course they are. If, if they weren't, they'd be bad politicians. So they're using the trying to use the crisis to their advantage. And I think that, you know, a lot of doctors have been lying by misreporting numbers. There's, there's so much misinformation out there. Like I said, and now hydroxychloroquine is coming back in the news with new studies. uh, And, about its efficacy that it might actually be something that helps so i think i think people are very distrustful because of all the conflicting information and chuck's one of them okay um i want to read a comment from danny online he says new zealand's success is attributed to the fact that all their decisions were COVID 19 
Our concerns were made by scientists, healthcare experts, and not politicians. We need to follow suit. So thanks, Danny, for that. Um, Emma, what did you want to say? I just want to point out there's a difference between the conspiracy theory that everyone has come together to tank the economy and understanding that politicians are going to use whatever tools they yeah. have. Uh, politicians using the calamity at hand, it's not tasteful, but like, yeah, that happens across the board. Absolutely everybody does that. Uh, that's different from saying that all the governments of the world came together to create a hoax just to harm Republicans in this election. I'm just trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because that is crazy. You're right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're on the same page about like. No, for sure. I'm just I'm just trying to provide an alternative point of view. That's all. Hey, Sheena, and I'm going to move on to my next point. Go ahead, Sheena. I just I think a lot of the times that people are confused because people want a definitive. They want a definitive answer, and there aren't any definitives with this. And I think that's the problem is that that we have that thinking. Um, as as humans, and I think that that's the difference with this is that you kind of have to live in a question mark situation. I think people who have chronic illnesses and I think people who have survived a long-term illness know what that question mark feels like and are a little more comfortable in that zone. Um, but I, I think that that's the, that's the reality of what we're living with, um, is that it's a question mark. And we are constantly in the question mark, but it's just not a constant awareness of the question mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you all, you always know your own mortality, but it's like when you, when it feels like there's something that's constantly ringing or it's constantly being brought up in front of you, that's different than you knowing that you're going to die someday or something is going to happen to you. You're going to be it potentially happen. Does that make sense? I think. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So according to leaks from inside the white house, the tweet is part of the Trump campaign's new strategy to push the blame for 136,000 deaths and 3.5 million infections due to coronavirus on someone other than Trump. Do you think that anyone beyond Trump's base is going to believe that someone other than Trump is to blame for the handling of the pandemic? But again, before you answer, let me clarify. I'm not saying the pandemic was Trump's fault. I'm asking if you think anyone will believe that the U.S.'s response to the pandemic was anybody but Trump's fault? Chris, let's start with you. Uh, well, this whole thing, if you look at it as if it was a war, if, uh, with any war that you, you, we've had in history, what's the, what's the pattern? Poor people die and, and rich people get richer. That's going to be the pattern. And so when it comes to this whole thing, you know, like Jess said earlier, of course, there are going to be people who believe that it's all Trump's fault and that he could have prevented it and stuff like that, because it's like he said, it, they're politicians. That's what they're going to they're going to use this whole thing, no matter if it could have been controlled or if it was out of you know the will of anybody, like regardless of, of the response to it, that people are going to use this to enforce their own political beliefs or get their own political power and get the right numbers into the right places where they want to be. So yes, yeah, it's, it's easy for, for somebody to use this to so somebody else's misery to get the gain. So this is, that's exactly what's going to be happening. And that's the hard part of what we have as the people that we have to deal with, because we got to vote for these motherfuckers and they don't give a shit about any of us. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see somebody uh, show definitively something that was like uh, mismanaged, right? That led to like our country as a whole 
like <laughs> bumbling this because there's only so much the federal government can do. And the left was screaming in the very beginning that they wanted more federal government control. And why is it left up to the states? So that right there proves that it's basically the state's fault. It's the, it's the individual governors and the muni- municipalities fault on how they mishandled it. The White House put out the 14 days to slow the spread. And then after that, even despite, you know, Trump saying he wanted to open up for Easter, he listened to the experts like everybody wanted him to do and kept the country closed. And then when they wanted to open, they did the uh, the phased opening approach. And again, none of the governors heeded that warning, even like here in California, the left of, of the left, you know, so I, I don't see how you could even blame him it, with the exception of not encouraging people to wear a mask and, and other thing, And even that you could say he's listening to the Surgeon General and Anthony Fauci. Joe? You know, the thing is, and you'll go through all the, the all through history with presidential elections, it, it's multiple people's uh, faults. It really is. Uh, governors, local level, all sorts of stuff. But the thing is, is that when you're president, when stuff like this hits, it all ends up falling on you. And that's going to, and that's the problem. And I think that's, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's the thing that Trump can't quite wrap his brain around because he, he feels like he's doing things and it's still all falling on him. And he, he, he doesn't see that, but um, you know, a lot of presidents, they've done a lot of things when shit just happened. It really did. And uh, uh, you know, and they, they took the fall for it. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Carter was not by far the, the best president. He was a very, he was a very kind man and he was very just and stuff like that. But when all, when all the crap hit the fan, he was doing what he could, but I mean, he got blamed for the whole thing and, and you know, he got out and, that really, I mean, that was a polarizing political change in America. And half of the half of the stuff that happened was not Carter didn't do any of it. You know, he tried to do to pull out what he could, uh, and that's the same kind of thing. And uh, uh, you know, I really want to say that I, in a in a very 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 small way, I kind of feel for Donald Trump because you know he he ends up taking the blame for it, and he, I don't think he quite understands that whole concept. Joe, but I mean, can... if you look through history, that's what you get. You continue like this, Joe, and people are going to stop buying your canned goods. <laughs> That's okay. crazy talk. Sloppy Joe is always, a, is always a winner, guys. Go out to the store, Sloppy Joe. Fantastic. I get a nickel every time you buy Sloppy Joe. <laughs> Emma? So I think that there are two topics at play here. I think that what we've been discussing is who is to blame for everything that's happening uh, with the coronavirus in America. And my understanding of the question that Veronica asked are, is, are people going to believe that it's not Donald Trump's fault? And uh, I think that there is a case to be made, as Jess said, for a lot of it having to do with the governors as well, considering how few of them listened to the guidelines the White House did put out. Um, but it, to, at least from what I've seen, it looks like the White House isn't necessarily trying to shift the blame to the governors. He's trying to shift it to Anthony Fauci or to like a different federal official. Um, and I'm... Like, it's questionable how much people are going to believe that. If he, like, kind of broke it down the way it actually happened, there's a possibility. Um, but then he'd also be alienating a lot of governors who are also in his own party. Well, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Emma. No, I, I was coming into an end. Well, so based on what, on what you just said, more specifically, Trump's campaign team seems to want to put the blame squarely on Anthony Fauci, just like mm-hmm. you just said. Um, last week, Trump called him a nice man who made a lot of mistakes. While over the weekend, the White House put out a memo with quotes by Fauci, most of which were from the early days of the pandemic that turned out to not come true. 
It's said that Trump often holds grudges against anyone who gets better press than he does or takes the spotlight away from him. So is blaming Fauci a part of this or is this a larger attempt to completely discredit medical science when it comes to the pandemic? Stuart. Well, I, I mean, I think I, I think he's legitimately and consistently tried to discredit science throughout his administration. That's not new. Um, I definitely think that he is trying to pin it on Fauci. I'm not sure why he's choosing Fauci as a person to pin it on, to be honest with you, because Fauci is probably the most well-respected in, in currently uh, in, in terms of knowledge on the pandemic. Whether he should be or not, I don't know, but I think he is. Um, obviously, he's not going to take responsibility for anything. Uh, I don't think he's universally responsible, but he obviously has a big, big share of responsibility being the, being the leader of the country. So, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, the only thing I'm sure of is he's not going to take responsibility. Elizabeth? Well, I, th- I think it's easier to have one target for your scapegoat than multiple governors. Um, that's a much, much easier route to take if you're going to go that route. And like uh, Emma said, a lot of the governors that did open up are in his own party, so he's not going to want to, you know, lay blame at their feet. Um, yeah, so it's, it's easier to have one figure to put all the blame on and i do think it is a little because in especially in the beginning everyone was like oh man fauci's gonna save the day we love fauci woo, woo, woo. yay fauci and that i i can't oh i can't remember the exact thing but it really did rank you could tell it wrinkled him in the beginning like back in like march april uh i'd have oh man i'd had to go back and research the specific like week weekend i'm thinking of but there was there was i feel like there was one where he got a lot of good press and then <clears throat> Trump was like, well, I'm still president or something like that. But I, that's the vibe I remember having. I'd have to confirm. Okay, it. one more comment, Shana. Yeah, it was the weekend that like Brad Pitt did him. They did him on like uh, SNL and all that stuff. And he got real butthurt yep. about that. I that's agree exactly with you, it. Elizabeth. Um, but I, I just want to say uh, about Fauci, from the beginning, he said, you know, there isn't a sufficient amount of information for scientists to give definitive anything to anyone about this virus. So I appreciate that. I'm about appreciate him saying that from the beginning, like even him, he's like, I am saying this now, but the science <laughs> is going to change as new information emerges, the science will change. So even if you look back on him, so they can piecemeal which is what they've done in a lot of cases is piecemeal him talking and create a video that looks like he said certain things in a certain way. But if you watch his entire talk or the entire amount of information that he's given, then you can see that he clearly is saying, you know, science. (laughs) And that's what it seems like it's coming down to, to me. I mean, people who believe in science and people who don't. Um, let me ask you guys another question. Do you think Fauci should quit and then just join that group of Trump staff members that quit and then they talk about him and his inability to do things? Or is a little Fauci better than no Fauci at all during this time? Uh, you stay fun? you stay in that trench and you keep taking shells with us, pal. You're not going anywhere until you get fired. I mean, please right. don't. Please don't walk away. Please stay. Anybody nobody thinks he should quit. I don't think no, no, no. Him walking away would just kind of validate what they're saying. Like yeah. let them let them fire him. Let him him stand his I mean. ground. Let, let him go down. Out. Let him go down swinging. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
time. Be the first wife, Anthony Fauci. Stay in there. <laughs> Make him force force you out. <laughs> yes, we need you, Doctor. Don't forget though. Uh, he, Be the Betty Broderick of this situation, Anthony uh, uh, Fauci. Be the <laughs> Betty Broderick. <laughs> There's somebody more qualified we could get. Like that's better. Got a better track record because. Oh, uh, 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 Trump is hiring Noah Wiley because he thinks that he's a really great doctor. <laughs> um, so uh, he's already got him. <laughs> and he fights aliens. Thank so. God. He fights aliens really good. Mm-hmm. Does it? Wait, what's the alien role? What was the, what was the <laughs> show? Oh, my God. Oh, you know what? I'll look it up because I. I'm thinking of the librarians, not whatever other. Oh, yeah, well, so there you about. go too. He can he can find like an ancient uh, uh, solution. Like, That's what I was thinking. Like a uh, curse, like in the in the libraries to, to help save us from COVID. And he's also a doctor. So thank God we've cleared this up. Well, an ABC News poll released on Friday claims that 67% of Americans disapprove of Donald Trump's handling of the coronavirus. (laughs) Taking a closer look, only 27% of independents approve of his handling of the virus. With most election analysts saying that winning independence is the key to winning the election, what will Trump have to do in regards to this pandemic in order to see his numbers go back up? There's nothing he can do. His hands are tied. Like he's at the beha- he's at the mercy of whatever the governors and the the virus itself is going to do. And I just want to say that it's shocking that sixty seven percent of people think that he handled this poorly. Uh, when that just shows they don't understand that really. Again, his hands are tied. Governor's yeah, I do think he hit. He, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was gonna say he also <clears throat> he can't really do anything because he's low key at the mercy of the people. Because every time we put out like new regulations and, and things of that nature, and like how people are supposed to conduct themselves when they go out in public, you got these people out there who are like, "Fuck you! You're taking away my freedom. You're taking away my rights." And they do what they want to do. I'm not saying that they're necessarily the biggest problem, but when you have that in conjunction with what you're trying to solve. But he also minimizes the illness. He does do like a, a campaign. It, his maybe, campaign on COVID, maybe he, yeah, maybe he, he does. Like but... it's not a big deal and it's not very, you know, very challenging, you know, the same way he made fun of like people when he was running for office, it's the same kind of manipulative talk. It's that's what I'm saying. He's, he's using the same kind of game. It's because yeah, he knows people are going to, He's doing the same thing with the with COVID. It's because he knows people are going to do the exact opposite of what he says. So he's like, don't wear a mask. And everyone's like, shit, wear a mask. Well, some people. I mean, listen, if he's putting that kind of reverse psychology on us, then like maybe he is doing a good job with the coronavirus. Also, I don't yeah, know. Not, not working as well as he, not working I don't well. think it's working that well. Yeah. No, I think the, the issue for a lot of people all along is they do, I know it's sort of, he, there's a lot of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't scenarios with this. But he also is still doing the lashing out at people on Twitter. He's not, it doesn't feel like a strong leadership thing. That's what I think bothers me the most is it. I I understand there's a lot that is out of his control and, you know, just we could see, you know, see all the videos of people day to day flipping out about masks and whatnot. But um, I think when they did say, Hey, wearing masks is good. I think he could have worn one. And that was like back in April. And I think that like precedent could have helped. There's things like that that could have been done. Um, and that's something that's just so yeah. simple. And that's how I feel too. I mean, yeah, no, but it couldn't, it couldn't have happened because 
put on a mask and just tell people, you know what, wear a mask. And he still refused to do that until what, this weekend, when we finally saw him wear a mask and everybody was like applauding him. Wow, he's doing what he should have been yeah. fucking doing. Like, two it took, and there were so, ridiculous. There were so many people on Twitter that, like, I saw this highlighted where, you know, months ago, they're, or they're making fun of Biden for wearing a mask. They're like, that's not a president. And then this weekend, Trump wears a mask. And they're like, wow, my hero, what a what a champion of the people. And I'm like... It took uh, Fox News started running, uh, like, public service ads with even Sean Hannity saying, wear a mask. And I think that's what did it for That's what did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the thing is, though, he spent three and a half years really... Um, dividing the country, which is what he wanted to do because he wanted to, to get his base nice and strong. And then all of a sudden he has this point where he has to unify the country and he doesn't know how to do it because he spent yeah. three and a half years dividing it. So there was really nothing he could do. Even if he wanted to sit down and do like a big old fireside chat and tell it, it, it was impossible because, I mean, that was his strategy. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything good, good or bad about it. I'm saying that was his strategy the whole time is, is to kind of divide and get his base stronger, um, and but now it, it kind of put him into a corner, you know? Now, if I was him, I would have said right away, I would have said, hey, to his base, hey, wear a mask, because then the libtards don't know what you're talking about. And, man, they would have just jumped on putting mask on. But he didn't do that, man. He should have done that. It would have been awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I have one final question in regards to this topic. Um, one expert warned that the president could, in theory – pressure the FDA to approve a vaccine as early as October and then claim that he succeeded in ending this crisis. So do you think that that is possible? And do you think that enough people would be foolish enough to believe a cure could come that quickly that only the U.S. is willing to use? Thoughts? Stuart? Well, first of all, it's not out of the question that a vaccine is developed by October. Uh, I mean, it, the, the fact that it's tested and widely um, available by then is far-fetched, but the whole, sci- the whole scientific world is working on a COVID vaccine right now. So would you, let me ask you this, Stuart, would you be willing to take a vaccine if it was available in October? It depends on uh, whether it was approved by the FDA and the, the, the trials that had gone into it. Okay. No, honey. <laughs> no, I mean, the, 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 I, I think the vaccine is going to happen sooner than people think. And that's purely, I, th- I, I, I think so too. the entire world, the best minds in the entire world are working on finding a COVID vaccine. They also all say it'll take 18 months. Yeah. That's no, all of them. Like a minimum, yeah, all these- minimum, all of them, like a minimum yeah. of two years. I've, I've, sure, not every scientist says that global warming is a thing. Like, and, okay. and the I scientific think- community all agrees that science is trial and error. So yeah. take right. that I, into I don't, account. I don't think it'll be widely available or tested enough yet, but it's possible that they will, will have a, a start of something very promising. I, How I, much I, is I, it going to be? You might grow a question. How much is it going to be? Yeah. I mean, and who will receive that vaccine? vaccine but yeah. obviously it's, it's not going to be for free. So... Well, yeah. att- I was going to say, pay attention to who receives the vaccine if they're putting it out to a lot of people and not necessarily higher up people, then I wouldn't necessarily be taking oh, it. Are you a conspiracy theorist? Maybe. You should, you should <laughs> at Chuck Woolley. Me and Chuck. <laughs> Chris, what did you want to say? I was, I was just going to say that, um, you know, the sad thing is, it's like, if there is a vaccine in October, uh, the people who are going to be affected by are the people who are the most desperate. You know, because like, listen, a lot of people are who before all this were living paycheck to paycheck. And now that this happened, 
they are on the streets right now and they're they're ready to get back to work they're ready to get back to their lives and unfortunately if somebody if you come out right now and say hey listen you take this and you can get back to your regular life there are going to be a lot of people who are going to step up and, and be guinea pigs and unfortunately uh you know um in, in this country that's going to be the poor and and that's of all colors and all races the poor people who are, are going to suffer the most from it so uh you know those neighborhoods are, are going to be hit the hardest and um and you know there are going to be some people who are probably going to say no to it but at the end of the day if you know you see people take the vaccine and then they're getting back to their lives well then people are going to start following suit because if like, you know, a few weeks go by and we don't hear anything, whether they tell us or not, if, 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 you know, if it seems like it's going smoothly, more people are going to be, you know, rushing to CVS to get needles put in their arms. Yeah. And I'm a hundred percent with Chris and I'd be especially skeptical if it was government uh, doctors trying to give me this vaccine. I don't know if uh, who on here, the panel has heard of the Tuskegee experiments, but um, I would yes. not trust. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's, that's what, what, that's oh, kind of what I meant please. by pay attention to who, I mean, who's really. getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Who's getting it. Yeah. That's who's what, it, that's yeah. what I had in mind when I said pay attention to who's getting like, who is being like, given. And, and for those of you yeah. listening this. who haven't heard of the Tuskegee experiments, this is a real government conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. Well, it's no longer a theory. Uh, oh, just yeah. just go to Wikipedia. It's horrific. It's yeah. fact. And the reason why a lot of people haven't heard about it is because it is suppressed in a lot of places. The same way that uh, that uh, internment camps during World War Two for uh, Asian Americans was also uh, not widely, you know, talked yeah, about. Yeah, it was experiment If there is a new vaccine and the only place they're handing it out is Las Vegas, don't take it. Well, I also think too, if, if, if there's anything in the only place they're handing out in Las Vegas, don't take it. <laughs> anything. That's a great. Oh, <laughs> well, I was going to say too. Uh, if there, if there is, if there is a vaccine in, in in October, it sounds like it would be like some kind of placebo, and I wouldn't fucking trust that either because, like, yeah. I, you know, that's like some, you know, like some morale shit. It's like, oh, if you take this, you're you're good to go. We've been working on it. You know, all the greatest minds, as Stuart said, you know, came together and made this like. It could be some bullshit. It could be just like fucking crushed yeah, but, up ass. But, but, is it, water. but is it free? Because I'll take a sugar water shot for free. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and movie, a lot, I was reading something. Movies have tricked us into like, they're working on the vaccine and they pump it out in three months, like the contagion movie everybody watched at the beginning yeah. of this. Which, like, why would you do that to yourself? Why watch that movie right then? But, um, I was reading an article that was like, yes, it's a very good, like, you know, dramatization of like a really extreme scenario but the on the flip side what's not good is that they're like they come together and make the vaccine for everybody and it is in like a matter of months when realistically as we've said it's like at least 18 and i was told that when i was checking out of the hospital in march so that means uh, i'm bad at math hang on 18 months uh at least september next year none of of that's definitive it could be it could be it could be 10 years it could be you know Right, right, but the, the first the the first like real vaccine is is eighteen months away. Okay, so with, that, as so with that, I want to move on to just one question. I'm going to pick some of the topics from the top of the show and ask you one question about them. On Friday, Jada Pinkett Smith released a new episode of her Facebook series Red yes. Tape Talk, in it which does. she and her husband Will Smith sat and had an incredibly uncomfortable conversation about her and her entanglement 
as she put it, with R&B artist August Alsina. After the video was released, Will Smith got destroyed on social media by both viewers and celebrities like 50 Cent, who couldn't believe that Will could sit there and listen to his wife talk about having an affair with another man without being visibly angry. My question is, do you think the public's perception of Will Smith is going to change after this and will it be harder for him to land leading man roles? I just want to start by saying that I was only able to get through the first six minutes and 44 seconds of that interview. I couldn't watch more of that. Oh, I watched the whole thing, Veronica. (laughs) I watched the whole thing. I watched watched the whole thing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because it got got shady. There were moments where it was definitely (laughs) shady as couple back to forth where they were just like, it was, it was, I mean, there was like, you know, because there's a point where she was like, where he says, I'm going to pay you back, though, in the yeah. interview, mm-hmm. at the end. He says at the end of the interview, but I'm going to get you back. And she was like, and she looks at him and basically goes, oh, no, no, I think we've, we've done that. And he's like, okay. And yeah, who are they talking about? I but do you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> it's already like, maybe she was paying him back initial for with August for a cheat that he already cheated. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, 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 there's, there's, there's a story there, Veronica, there's a story there, but it's, uh, it's scandalific. Elizabeth's yeah. piping with the story. Go. Oh, the rumors that were circulating at the time several years ago was it's Margot Robbie. Cause they were in the movie focus together and she got fact fast-tracked in the Suicide Squad. And I don't, no disrespect to Margot Robbie. I mean, I think she's really good. Uh, and that is just a rumor. It is not confirmed. There's no corroborating. It's an allegedly. And that was like one of those, if there, anyone's been on the website, Crazy Days and Nights, it's like one of those kind of rumor things. But as far as his perception in the public, like, yeah, he got roasted this weekend and he's a bit of a meme now with that one shot of him, like looking, I can't quite pull off the face. But he, he'll bounce back. People still like him. Um, and he is, you know, men bounce back from this in Hollywood in particular so, so well. He will be fine. Jada will probably not be getting roles no. too much going forward. She will be the one being punished by the public. He's going to glide out of this fine. And that's... Well, I thought we're supposed to celebrate power. Like well, women it, taking power and all that. Like, well, it's confusing be because of the, Well, it's we are supposed to celebrate it, but people still judge way harsher yeah, than they do. Tables would have been turned. What if it's it was a, all saying this to Jada? You know, I, always, I, I was wondering about that this weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. what, you know, what either would way, to do it in public is yeah fucking sure. rotten. And now he got cucked in public. I I, I don't think most well, men will ever look at him the same. Like, well, ooh. I mean, because but you also have to keep in mind that this is also years ago. This happened years ago mm. for them. Yeah. So this is this is not current relationship shit. Still so, in public. Oh, I, 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 hey, I'm not saying, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just do, do mean that it's, but it's been years. So there, his reaction, I think, will also vary because a wound that you get when it first fucking happens is a lot different than your reaction seven years mm-hmm. later and it becoming other people's business because that's basically what happened is that we found out about it if this happened because they're saying this happened four or five years ago so if that's the case then it's just like well because y'all found out about it and then because the black twitter sphere got riled up about it now we've got to bring it to the world and talk about it and do a red table 
Let me read a couple of things she said. She said, I was in a lot of pain and I was very broken. I just wanted to feel good. It had been so long since I felt good. And while she's saying this, Will Smith is nodding. And I was just like, I was like cringing. I'm like, oh. And you know that um, Red Table Talk has 7.1 million followers. Yeah. 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 I, I'm one of the followers. Really I've watched their other talks. I've watched they, and they've, they've talked, had they've done a lot of different shit. They're very real. Yeah, they've and he, he's come on in the past uh, and discussed their marriage in, in detail as well about um, not a che- like cheating or if they are cheating. It's hard to tell if they're open relationship. I don't know how where we've all landed on that or even where they've landed on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Right>? But. Um, <laughs> You know, they came, they came out, he was on there, they discussed their, you know, some of their harder, like, marriage moments. The one that sticks out to me is he was during her 40th birthday party, and she wasn't into it. She didn't really want to celebrate it the way he was planning on it, and that was, like, a big friction thing with them. So they've been very, like, I think, real about as real as you can be in public and what they're putting out in public. Because I know, Jess, you were saying, like, oh, my God, they're saying all this in public. He's being cucked in public. This is what they're telling the public That's and showing the public. That's it's still worse. <laughs> but there's still well, plenty okay. going on behind closed right. doors. This is going to affect his career. But I think Will Simp uh, was having problems anyway before, you know. Uh, Gemini Man didn't do really well. And then Will Simp was in The Bad Boys. But then COVID hit. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe Will Simp will, uh, 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 you know, bounce back. But, I mean, he's already been having problems as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was reading some tweets, too, and some a Twitter user said, using the word entanglement instead of adultery, not seen and heard it all in 2020. And a lot of people were speculating over Will's eyes. Um, they said that you could see a lot of pain behind his eyes. Oh, he definitely it's looked the, like he cried. Oh, he, like, like, he, his, he looked like he cried. Like his puffy was... He, yeah. He well, the, the thing about it is, at the end of the day, here's the thing that you got to look at it like this, all right? If, okay, so, you know, you got these people who are in the spotlight, they, they're public figures, right? If they have an open marriage, that's their private life. Mm-hmm. What fuck, what's fucked up about it is, if, if they're going to have this life, here's, okay, now I'm going to say some shit that people might not like, but here's, a, at, at the end of the day, Will had his hoes in order, okay? They didn't come out talking in no interview, talking about, I sucked his dick and did all that, like, I had these emotional, like, you don't see nothing. If he fucked Margot Robbie, you don't see her in an interview talking about the relationship that they had. If he fucked Eva Mendes, you don't see her getting on an interview talking about shit. So if Jada got side pieces, she needs to keep the motherfuckers in check and let them know what the deal is. Like, you don't talk about this shit because, look, at the end of the day, he could have got on that interview and they could have asked him about the information. Or he could have been like, hey, look, we're friends and that's all that needs to be said about it. Let's move on. But he decided to divulge that information. No matter how hurt he was by her, I know people were like, well, you know, that's emotion. No, fuck that. That's You let out private shit that didn't need to be let out. And now Will Smith has to do damage control. I don't think his career is going to be affected by it. So let's just, you know, knock that. Let's just get that out there. But the, at the end of the day, it's like now he's got to, like, you know, deal with the public on this shit that should have been private. And that's the bullshit about it and that's that and that's that's where i when i see this whole thing it's like you know you know yeah of course he's hurt and damaged like you know what i'm saying by this because this is now he has to uh, 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 like you know explain it to the world like well me and my wife have this thing and like and of course too you gotta also look at how we are as americans not a lot of people are uh uh 
open-minded enough to believe in an open marriage or so, yeah, forgiving a, or or forgiving enough to for to forgive a cheat not even I mean, that's cheat. A, i'm just saying here's the thing but, but, they, no, but, but that's I mean, the thing too. but we don't know but we mean, don't know she cheated. he's saying that we cheated i'm not i'm not talking good. just about her i'm talking about right. both of them well I'm at the end of the day i'm but i'm saying but i'm talking about this specific situation but it ain't even about Moving that because, like, at the end of the day, if they uh, if they do have an open relationship, if they, at well, some point in their years of marriage, Will's having his hose in check. That's why I said well, that's, that because you started it with Will's having his hose in check. So that's, that's the point. So of the that's open what marriage. I mean. Yes, but that's what I'm he, saying. If that's if the open marriage. If they have an open marriage, he got his side pieces in check because they ain't out here confessing no bullshit on a motherfucking interview trying to get clout. But Jada got her side niggas on interviews trying to get clout. And that's where he fucked up. What I'm saying is, is like, listen, America doesn't understand an open marriage. But here's the thing. Now, we look at a couple like... Uh, ty- waiting sorry. to come on. I'm sorry, Chris, that I have to cut you oh, off. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, cut me off. While we're waiting, let's get her hose in check. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and she kept calling him Augie. That bothered me, too. Okay, let's get Aug. Yeah. Let's see where Jay's at. <laughs> Hi, Jay. Hey, what's up? How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fantastic. So how's it going? How has this whole pandemic thing been working out for you? <laughs> well, as you can see, I grew a beard and grew my hair out because I feel like if you don't do that in 2020, you did not experience 2020. That's very true. So, you know, we actually only got to do two shows this year and you were the musical guest for our very first show. So it's nice to see you back here. Oh, it's um, great to be back. It was, it was a great time. So you do a lot of commercials and you get a lot of commercial work. When did you start going out for commercial spots? Uh, I think about uh, eight, nine years ago. I went to like an acting school because I was I was in some failed boy band at one point. And then I came back from Germany and I took an acting class and I figured I found out you can make money through doing commercials. And it's like one day of work pays you all this money. And I'm like, I want to do that. And I'm in the beginning, I didn't make any money or book anything. And eventually I got lucky and did like, think like a like a, a car commercial and then like burger king wendy's and and recently i just did a for well in <clears throat> in march like a burger king commercial where i was talking about covid and how burger king's staying safe we actually have it on screen right now yes we're playing it right now oh mm-hmm. fantastic that is amazing now one of your most famous commercials for people that don't know is we know exactly what to do when we have a structured settlement and we need cash now Oh, a commercial. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> okay, how <laughs> how that it came up? My whole, my, <laughs> yeah, how that came about? There was actually a contest for like um, to, to shoot a video and, and record your own original song for JG Wentworth. And my buddy met me at like a mall. We were drinking coffee. He's like, "We should form a boy band and do this." And I said, "No, this isn't going to work." So we did him and my other friend, and I wrote the song, produced the track, recorded it. And we shot this video in a day, submitted it, and lucky enough, we won the contest that became the national commercial. So, uh, yeah, we got super lucky. If it was a SAG commercial, we would have been rich because it played all the time. Oh, man. <laughs> but you did yeah. pretty well with that. <laughs> um, yeah. So with production reopening, um, do you know anything about that? Like, um, how are commercials going to start shooting again? Or, you know, can you talk a little bit about that, what changes are going to be making? Well, I mean, <clears throat> from from my agency and managers, what I hear is actually like like commercials and film is like ninety eight percent down, and it, they were reopening with phase one, and now a lot of things are shutting down again. So I have no idea. I, I lucky enough 
uh, got a job behind the scenes for American Idol. So at least I'm working during the pandemic. But as far as like being an on-air talent, I think it's going to be a while till like traditional commercials and film are really like booming again. Yeah. Now I want to talk about Idol in a few minutes, um, but I wanted to ask you too, because of, you know, they're not shooting a lot of new commercials. Have they been um, showing old commercials? And just, like, do you catch yourself on TV once in a while? Like, hey, I remember when I shot this. No, I mean, look, I mean, that would be amazing. But I, I do think they're, they're, they're showing old commercials, but they, they are like, I do think some companies have pivoted and try to do like at home type of film style. Cause I've seen some auditions where do you have capability of filming yourself at home? And so a lot, a lot of companies have been trying to do like at home COVID safe type campaigns. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you did mention American Idol and you were a casting producer for the next season. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, uh, so I originally, I was on America's Got Talent like two, three years ago, like in this comedic boy band called Five Alive. And uh, through that, I built relationships with people behind the scenes. And I actually worked for America's Got Talent for a bit too. And I idol last season and this year, they bumped me up to casting producers. So yeah, lucky enough to have a job during this is, is crazy. I can't believe I'm even working right now. Yeah, that, that's great. That's really great. Um, and I have another question for you. Um, cool. There, I was doing some research on you. You won a Latin Grammy as a songwriter. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how that worked was I wrote a song on Don Omar's, Don Omar won the hip hop album of the year for the Latin Grammys. And I was, I wrote a song that was on that album. So technically I won a Latin Grammy. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be bringing on some of our cast and crew that are going to be coming on. They might have some questions for you. Cool. Let's see who's on. Hey, guys, this is Jay. <laughs> I think some of you might have been in the show that he performed at. So does anybody have any questions for him or anything you want to say? Anybody? Uh, Elizabeth. Do you have a preference? Uh, do you like acting more? Do you like the musician part of things more? Or do you like doing both? I mean, I mean, I, I would always prefer to be a musician, but it, you know, to be real, it's kind of an ageist type of um, uh, sports where it is, where you know, youth is everything. So uh, my pop star days are done. But if I had my choice, I would want to record music and sing songs. I want, I would want to be twenty one forever. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody? Oh, Emma. So, as a performer, what drew you into producing? Is it like, like what what interested you in that field that made you want to go into it uh producing like behind the scenes like for tv or like producing music yeah. okay okay so um well I, I didn't really know uh that i wanted to produce for tv i it kind of fell into my lap and i realized how how amazing it is to actually work with singers and and help them pursue their dreams so not that i live vicariously through them but i, I empathize with singers wanting to get on a show and like living their dreams so as a producer i spend time with the talent before i even bring them into idol so I kind of pre-screen everybody and kind of prep them because I feel like a lot of times an idol in these shows, like The Voice or AGT, like, you know, maybe you choose the wrong song choice. And if you have a couple of tips, it'll just kind of clean it up and give like hedge their bet. So as a producer, as a young producer, I my goal is to give them the best opportunity to, you know, fulfill their dreams as cliche as it sounds. Anybody else? OK, so, Jay, we have one final topic that actually has to do with music. Do you want to stick around? Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So today is the 25th anniversary of Live Aid. Us uh, 35th, excuse me. Today is the 35th anniversary of Live Aid. On July 14th, excuse me, 
July 13, 1985, some of the biggest names in pop and rock music came together at two concerts in London and Philadelphia to raise money and awareness for the starving people of Africa. The concert ultimately made $127 million for their efforts. It's now 35 years later, and if you look at the Billboard Hot 100 charts, other than a few songs by people like Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Harry Styles, and Ariana Grande, there is almost no pop music on the pop charts and absolutely no rock at all. So with that said, I want to ask you, are pop and rock dead or dying? And if so, what will it take for it to be resurrected? Jess? Yeah, there's... It's dying or dead. I mean, it's like the jazz age. Jazz was the thing for a while, and it was extremely popular and extremely influential, and then gave birth to all sorts of other genres, and that's where, that's where pop, and especially rock, rock's already gone there. And if you're in a rock band, get out if you're planning to make money, because <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's a niche thing. So I, I do, where's it going? I don't know. Joe? I don't think, it, I don't think definitely rock is completely dead. I mean, Music goes in and out. Music uh, uh, constantly changes, and sometimes it goes into hibernation. But if you listen to, to like, you go to right now and listen to 95.5 KLOS, and they're still bringing out new rock bands, a lot of them that I really, really like. Um, you know, it's just they're not hitting the masses. But, you know, some music goes down, it hides for a while, and then it comes back up. I mean, you think about when we had heavy metal and we had grunge and, you know, then we now we got hip-hop and, and things like that. Uh, music is secular. It goes in cycles. And so it's something that, that may not necessarily be, be hot now will come back around again. So I, I really don't think it's fair to say it's dead. Let's just say it's, it's having a nice hibernation. Hey, yeah. I, I, oh, oh, go sorry. ahead. Jay. No, go ahead. Sure. Okay. I, I agree with, uh, was that Joe? Just yeah. 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 I agree with Joe because, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see like, like a, like a, like a blink one eighty two like punk band come back. And I think music goes in cycles. There's always going to be young teens that are, you know, Right now, I guess it's like trap and hip hop, but eventually it'll go in cycles. I think we'll have like a big pop influx again. And I hope for like a punk, like a young punk, punk band to come back. Emma? So I, I'm not, I've never been a musician, musician, so I'm not, I don't have the personal experience, but just from my cursory knowledge of music history, there is a little bit of a cyclical nature to it, but I think it's more about the way it changes and evolves. Uh, Jess brought up jazz and like, Jazz is not gone. People still listen to jazz. It's still on Spotify. Like you can find it, uh, but it's not like on the Billboard Top 100. Uh, so, like you know, rock will still be around. People will still listen to it because it's awesome. Um, but I think that you're going to have that morphing into something different, and that's also wonderful and cool. And I'm excited to see what that is. Hey, Shana. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that pop music is just morphing and merging with other styles and other genres creating new genres i mean even three years ago people wouldn't have said hip-hop and country would have been you know one of the top songs happening in the country right now but it is and there's not just one of them you know there's a few so it's like i mean but i know country purists are like you know feeling that this is not the country that they signed up for i mean in terms of country music not america for those of you who maybe misunderstood the comma there. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think it's, it merges with other styles and creates a new style. So I, I don't think, I mean, pop music has been doing that all along from the beginning. I mean, because that's, it's the 
shortening of its name is popular music. So it's the music that's popular of the time. So technically hip hop right now is popular music because that's what's on all the, that's what's on the station. Hey, Elizabeth. Yeah. Cause I, the, what the example that leaves to mind too is like post Malone, like, uh, is he considered i this is gonna make me sound so old what is he considered is he a, a, a hip-hop artist or a singer or both because the um well, i can't think of the name of the song that running around modern purists call him a vocalist okay yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i'm thinking of because i'm like it's kind of hip-hop it's kind of a pop song because it's like a love like you know very to me traditional kind of like love song we're taught we're po- pulled and torn apart that kind of thing um so yeah as, as I, you know not to dwell on it but the the genre pop genre seems to evolve i think you know the most over time if you were to play a pop song from the 50s to kids today they'd be like that's not pop music or what i think of you know traditionally as pop um it's it definitely it you know sure, it sure. changes and gets influenced Put your put your foot in the door with however you're gonna do it, and then add your yeah. influence to it, and change it, and move it, and that's how music that's how music changes. Music adapts. Music is alive, and it's constantly changing and adapting to its society. Oh, I wanted to say real quick: if you think rock is dead, listen to maybe some Violet Saturn or some Dirty Honey. Uh, really, really good stuff. It's all new stuff. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it, but I you know, love what? Dirty on. Honey. Dirty Honey's great. Violet I love Saturn. I love Dirty Honey. Violet Saturn. Please listen to them. They're really great. They're brother-sister band. They're out of Malibu, and they're fantastic. Oh, cool. Now, I have one final question before we go today. If we were doing Live Aid today, who would be the top three acts, do you think? Oh, see, I'm already like, because we don't have the Concord, because Phil Phil Collins started the concert in England and then flew on the Concord and ended it in Philadelphia, which was really awesome. Um, but that's because he was blown up at the time. I thought it was pretty neat. We don't have a concord now, so you can't do it. You maybe put them close, the concerts closer together. <laughs> Lord, any thoughts on the top we'll acts? Have them in England and Philadelphia, or would it be different? Um, now? sure. <laughs> it matter. I think it'd probably be BTS, Ariana Grande, and Bieber. I'd throw Drake in there, too. I think Drake yeah, is yeah. on top Drake. of the bill. I'd say, t- yeah, yeah, I'd no, say Taylor Swift, I would think, would be involved. Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, probably. It, it would kind of feel like it kind of feel like Coachella almost, right? Like a yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We probably yeah get the same access. Oh, Gaga for sure. <laughs> Gaga would definitely have a Gaga. Set for sure. yeah. Oh, okay. I got I got our, our artists who can be at both places. It's Tupac Shakur's hologram. There <laughs> oh, <here> you go. <laughs> So with that being said, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us today on TMI Daily. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow at 6 p.m. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.